Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of X Talks. I'm your host Reinhard Sanger and stoked to get started here. X Talks is where we look into personal stories and also stories of others to see any strengths, triumphs, or events that have helped them actually succeed in their life. We also delve into the whole category of self-transformation and look for the easiest tools for you to apply to your life and help you solve for X. Hey guys, welcome back to X Talks, and what you prepared to listen to is a candid interview I just did with Christian Cassidy, who's my long-term friend. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this, so definitely listen in through the end. There's a ton of gold nuggets in here and a lot of stuff that's terribly applicable for your own life. Have a good listen. Oh, DM. Is it working? Is this thing on? It is totally on, and we're live recording. Welcome to X Talks. Oh my, I'm kidding. That was very loud. It is recording though, which is really cool. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. That is we've phenomenal. Well, like to... Technical difficulties, but we've got it. <laughs> this is so awesome. To anyone who's listening, um, we spent the last 35 minutes trying to troubleshoot this. Not as easy as it looks, but we got Christian here. Hey, For anyone doesn't know the lovely Christian Cassidy. We went to high school together. He is a half Asian, half Italian stud. And uh, we've kept in touch pretty much ever since like grade 10, grade 11, when we had our class together. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, man, amazing guy, amazingly talented artist, and just a really good thinker and creator overall. So welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am a fan. Uh, Listening since day one. (laughs) <laughs> day one aka like two and a half three weeks ago it's been a good two and a half three weeks <laughs> it's been a great two and a half three weeks this is uh you know it's very very funny um i, I shared in my first episode about maybe going to radio school and stuff like that and yeah. honestly you were the one person who was like hey man have you ever considered a podcast like you don't need to go to school but like i think you'd be really great um like i think you're funny like a good storyteller whatever you should think about it and i was like yeah ah, man like didn't really think about it too much but um yeah, I always remember that. And then um, I was laughing at that in my episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so funny that I'm like literally doing a podcast right now. But I that remember you one of the first. It's amazing. Like You're nailing it. It's it's awesome. I, I love listening to it. It's, it's fun, man. Oh, yeah, man. Well, um, we're super stoked to have you as our first guest. Um, it's, it's been a long time coming. So, um, yeah, man, I have a, a couple questions here for you. And then we're just going to yeah. go into like some free flow, you know things that are happening in the world um we're definitely going to touch on the whole conor mcgregor debacle that was just music to my ears <laughs> i'm it's... sure you're on it too and i'm just like so excited to talk to someone about it oh i'm down i'm ready <laughs> hell yeah i'm so ready um one of the reasons i actually really wanted to have you on the show is because um i feel like before i started my personal development journey you're kind of one of the guys who was like kind of behind the scenes undercover doing it already so right. whenever i did bring things up to you I'm like oh hey man like I saw this book and I think part of me was maybe scared of bringing it up with maybe my normal circle of friends just because, right. like, oh, you read nonfiction or like, why are you doing that? I mean, those are all created in my head. I'm sure yeah. nobody would have said that. But yeah, every time I mentioned something to you, you would always be like, oh, yeah, I've read something similar. Or like, oh, yeah, I read that book. It was great. Um, so I was really excited to talk about mindset and just like, I guess, journeys and learnings throughout that with you today. I, I was so excited anytime you would bring up something like that because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who do I talk about this with? Like, I love like reading, you know, business books and this thing that talks by like entrepreneurs, but like, I have no one in my life that like can relate to that right now. And people are going to look at me like I'm crazy, even though it's like my favorite thing to do is just sit there and like draw while listening to someone talk about how they run a successful business or what lessons they learned. 
That is so cool. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. Because for me, when I'm listening to podcasts and stuff like that, it's always when I'm working out. Yeah. But like, same thing, like you're putting in work in a very similar yet different sense. And it's just like, whenever I'm listening to music now, I'm always like, maybe two or three songs in, I'm like, is this the best use of my time? <laughs> like, every single time I get that thought, then I'm like, yeah, and then I'll keep going or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, um, totally. That is so cool. Um, the first question I have for you. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of preface it really briefly for anyone listening. Um, but me and Christian, we actually worked at um, the same clothing shop, Fun in the Sun Clothing, shout out. Um, <laughs> if you haven't looked at it yet, Christian, you should definitely go on Google and uh, type in Fun in the Sun on Google and you'll see like the business image. Okay. It's a picture of Sam holding an eagle feather. <laughs> <laughs> that we, we basically made it into a pen. So, so some some customer to everyone, some customer dropped an eagle feather in the ground. I'm looking we, at it right now. That is, that's a majestic <laughs> eagle feather. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's just like, it has nothing to do with the store. And I was showing everyone I work with here and people were just like dying. They're like, this is where you work. It looks so much fun. And I was like, you have no idea what went on there. It's like actually insane. <laughs> Such a good spot. Yeah. yeah, we worked together for a while and Christian was a manager yeah. at the time and he actually ended up leaving there and actually going into one year. Um, if I'm wrong, you can definitely correct me after. But yeah, one year of just doing art full time. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever Gary Vee talks about going all in on your strengths and stuff, that's like literally the embodiment of that. And uh, at the time, I was like literally one year critics. I was like, I, I was saying like, oh, hey, man, like you have a steady job here. Honestly, uh, air quote steady job it wasn't like yeah. the highest paying job. It was fun to work there. But um, yeah, I was like, I was, I was leaving my blanket of security. Like I, I felt like you were taking a really big risk and I didn't want you to get hurt. And I was just one of those voices yeah. um, there. But I was going to ask you just like to walk us through the thinking that kind of preceded that decision. Cause that's like a, a pretty major kind of thing to do, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, you're right. It was a year, about a year long journey of, of uh, I consider like, I always break it down to years anyway. But uh, the thing I usually forget is I started painting a few months before I left that job and I always forget it because I was just so all in with it that like I would to me I wasn't working at this job at Fun in the Sun I was just I, all I remember from that time of September to December uh, despite having a full-time job was rather just being on my house painting like got mm. rid of the TV all my clothes became dried clots of uh, paint like they were just like horrible I ruined my carpet uh, <laughs> And like, I don't know, that's the, the main thing I remember about it. That my mindset going in, though, was just excitement. Mm. Like, prior to that, I spent like two years taking way too long to get over the breakup that I'd gone through, taking like taking my sweet time doing anything because I really, I did, I, when I look back, I didn't feel lost in the moment, but I was definitely like, there's no reason behind anything I did prior to picking up painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I was just kind of going through the motions, and then one day I just... I watched this video of uh, David Cho, an artist. I decided I'm going to go to the art store. I'm going to pick up some paints. I got the worst paints. I got all the wrong types of brushes. <laughs> I, I was too scared to work on canvas. So I got like cardboard. And I just yeah. like, let's just, can I swear? But of course. Yeah. yeah. I was Please like, let's, do. let's just fucking go. Let's just <laughs> do that. And that was, it was really exciting. That's maybe the most excited I've ever been was just that walk to the art store. Like, I don't know where this is going to take me. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm just like, I finally felt like I had some autonomy over what I was doing and it finally had a little bit of reason. I wasn't just doing it, um, you know, listlessly without any, mm-hmm. any enthusiasm behind it. That is so cool. That, that kind of sounds like the, the homeless guy's starter kit, like cardboard, a few brushes. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. 
I think that's a good place to start with anything. If no matter awesome. what you're getting into, if you start with the bare bones, I think that's the best way to do it. Because then when you get the good stuff, you don't have to mix your paints anymore. You can buy the pre-made version yeah. of that color. Mm-hmm. That's living the good life right there. <laughs> For me, I've always um, battled with when I start something, I always want to <clears throat> I always want to be fancy about it. Or like I have a keel towards doing that. So like when it came to boxing, like I'll learn like the most situational footwork and like these flashy punches. And then it's like, here, like jab. And then it's just like this noodle, this like wet noodle hitting the bag. And it's just like, I probably work on my jab, you know? Um, but yeah, like it, I always have a keel towards like going premium versus going like bare bones and actually learning the fundamentals and then actually seeing if it works and then moving from there. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely a lot, uh, it's a lot nicer to have all the nice stuff. It feels a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I used to come to this like romantic notion of like having the bare bones and like just, you know, that's such a, a, a good way to learn because yeah. you really kind of force yourself to get creative that way. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. Um, just for the listeners who don't know who David Show is, I really didn't know who he was until you kind of explained him to yeah, me. Yeah. And even then, um, like I, I've kind of heard like some of the highlights of him. I've never heard any of his videos of him speaking, which I'm actually going to look into. Um, but yeah, if you can give like a quick rundown of like, I guess, him in a nutshell, and then also, I guess, his impact on you, because he was definitely like a, a pretty big catalyst for you, it seems. Oh, yeah, he's the, the biggest catalyst. I got a tattoo on my arm of some faces he painted, which kind of goes against what he teaches but like he's a basically a a muralist graffiti artist from LA he went to art school for a bit they ended up dropping out um you know he was uh, addicted to gambling he wasn't considered a fine artist in any sense of the word um but he found success like he did some murals for Facebook he decided to gamble on stock instead of being paid straight up and he ended up being one of the highest paid artists in the world and I think that's not what attracted to me to, to wanting to start painting. What I liked about him was, particularly in this video I saw him in, was just the the lifestyle he was living, which wasn't glam, which wasn't uh, representative of all the money he'd acquired. It was just like he lived in this big warehouse filled with paintings, like weird shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would go out with like a spray can and just spray paint, you know, boards with people and just have fun and it wasn't about like the money it was still just about the art to him or at least that's how it came off to me and uh i was just like oh man i, I want that <laughs> yeah man I uh, yeah i mean i guess that's the best way to describe him is just like when you see him now or at least when when i was getting into his art whenever you saw him he was just like in a bathrobe didn't know what to do with his money <laughs> <laughs> Something about him seemed happy, and I was like, "That's that seems kind of nice." Yeah, nice that. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I think uh, I remember you telling me that about him living. Like, I think even at the time too, that was also just like outside of like my normal box in my brain. You're like, "Yeah, right. he lives in this like, like almost like this like kind of warehousey feel, and like it's like pretty much like just a mattress, and then like he does art." And I'm like, "I, I don't get it." Like, look, like the rest <laughs> of it is really cool, but um, like looking at it now, uh, like it just it sounds like someone who's purpose-driven versus like pleasure-driven yeah definitely I mean whenever you hear him talk he's always saying of like you know how his life hasn't changed too much despite his success like he was doing all the stuff he does now he was doing before he was quote-unquote rich and famous you know Mm -hmm. it was he like he designed the life he wanted to live way before any of that and I really like that I think that's something I I that appeals to me more now than mm-hmm. when I started whereas when I was starting I was just all about 
man, that'd be cool to have that much money and have that much freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always changing. But still, even even though, you know, my reasons for uh, liking him as an artist change, like, mm-hmm. he's still just a huge inspiration for sure. Yeah, that's dope. One thing that just, like, popped into my head, um, I was reading a little bit of uh, Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. I actually don't know if it's Tolle or Tolle um, the other day. But he's just, like, going off. He's just basically, like, just going off about this flower, about how, like, flowers are so beautiful. And, like, throughout time, like, he was saying, like, there's this earth that's totally barren and nothing can grow. And then out of nowhere sprung a single flower. Who knows how long it lasted? Probably didn't last that long because it was the only one of its kind and the earth yeah. supportive of it. But over time, more and more flowers came and there was this fascination towards flowers. <clears throat> but that kind of dovetails into like art too. Cause like throughout like all of like human history that we know of, like art has existed in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why? Like, I, like, I don't really understand why, like, is there like a keel towards creativity for humans or like, have you read anything on that? Cause I haven't, um, or heard any like theories that would be like kind of interesting. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think about this a lot. I, I try not to think about it on such a big level because it is so, such a big question. It's really, it's almost like, overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. But a lot of the times I think of it on a very like uh, micro scale, like mm. why, why do I like to make art? You know, maybe that can help me give some understanding to the whole, to the bigger question. Uh-huh. And when I look at it personally, like actually that's saying I, I definitely struggle with, because when I look at it, I'm like, I think to myself, like, why am I making art? Is it because I would like, you know, monetary success? Is it because, you know, whatever reason, A, B, or C. And I, I, I do know part of the reason is just because I feel like I have to. And yeah. I feel like maybe that is part of the human condition, this need to create something, um, whether it is a piece of art or a piece of music, which is also a piece of art, or mm-hmm. uh, even just creating, you know, a beautiful life, you know, lifestyle. That's a mm-hmm. big thing these days. Um, but I don't know. It's it's definitely something I think about a lot. Why Why make art? Why, why do anything that <laughs> if you want to take it at a level deeper, right? Yeah, actually, that's a good point, too. Like, why do anything that isn't, like, <laughs> required for survival? You can yeah. actually kind of word it that way. I think that's what we're doing. It's really yeah. I like that, though. The why question. That's a, it's a, a super good one. I'm sure you've heard, like, books, audios on the why about, like, what we do. And, um, yeah, it's a question that, like, even I forget to ask myself from time to time. Like, why am I actually doing this? I'm so caught up in scheduling like oh i gotta do this or i gotta post this so i gotta be here like oh, yeah I got to and it, everything turns into a got to not a get to yeah and then you're just like okay like why am i doing this and why is it stressing me out mm-hmm. after that usually because it's just like okay well if this doesn't weigh highly on the scale of maybe importance and also reward in proportion to that yeah why am i stressing out about it yeah yeah definitely i think it's such a good question to ask yourself and the further you can take that question the better you know like uh at a point a few weeks ago, I was just asking myself, like, why, why do I make art? And if the answer, if part of the answer even comes up and it's like money, success, fame, and it's, then the, the next question is, okay, why? Why do you want that? And mm-hmm. you really start to realize what's important to you mm-hmm. and you can kind of dictate whether it really is important. And I realized that even if I do want money or success, that kind of thing, that's not the main thing that would be important to me. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something I couldn't have figured out without asking myself why really delving deep and like just sitting there and thinking about it. I've never really meditated, but I like to just sit there and just think about things mm-hmm. and I don't know, just asking why, 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 why? Yeah. And then you really realize um, for people who know me, I'm trying to get a tattoo apprenticeship right now. It's actually very, it's very challenging, but 
Um, the reason I'd like to is because I kept asking myself why I was making art. And I realized the, the reason isn't because I want all these things for myself. It's I want to find what's the best way I can use, um, you know, whatever skills I've been building over the past like four and a half years. How can I use those to really, you know, make a difference? And I know for me, uh, tattooing, I've seen what they've done for me. I've seen what they've done for my friends and family, how much they mean to people. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's that's saying that's attractive to me. That is so cool. I'm definitely getting a tattoo of uh, Hinato Lahanja by you. Somewhere <laughs> my body. Uncle Hanach. <laughs> uh, Uncle Hanach. Dude, I've been saying I, I can't say the word time anymore. I always say chimey. Like two chimeys. <laughs> like all my T's are now CH's. Like, yeah, like, oh, it's a good chime. Like I always say that and like nobody gets it. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's a long story. Like it, it's I'll save you the pain. <laughs> no, no one gets it. <laughs> I know. Hinato, baby. Um, so I guess after leaving Fun in the Sun, you basically go on, I guess at the time, I don't know if you foresaw being away from work and actually pursuing art for like a full year, but, um, maybe just walk us through like what a day looked like in that, like what were you doing every day? Yeah. Um, I mean, the days, they definitely kind of melded together for a bit, which I think is dangerous to a point if you're living the same day every day. But at the time I really liked it. I thought it was like, it was my quote unquote education. I would wake up. Uh, literally my, my place where I painted was right beside my bed. So it's like, get out of bed, start painting, start drawing, try to make like two or three paintings a day. Cause mm-hmm. I was so horrible at that point. I was so shitty that like, I just had to, I knew I had to get all this, this shittiness <laughs> out of the way, like, <laughs> make one painting. It's going to be horrible, but the next one is going to be like 0.0001% better. So the faster I can just make these things, the better, the quicker I'm going to learn. And that was even right now, I'm so stoked just talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to me to like just keep making stuff and making stuff, knowing that like, you know, one day I might be able to actually paint something that like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> no, I can I definitely not. And uh, it, was, it was hard at the time because like at the same time, you do want to see your stuff getting successful. So I was, I was trying to get into art shows and, you know, you get rejected every now and then. And every, every now and then friends or family, they do they do say like, hey, maybe get another job now. Like maybe now's the time to get a job. I was lucky to be living at home that first year. Yeah. But at the same time, um. I did feel the pressures of like, man, I, at one, at one end, it's like, I'm really lucky to be painting, but at the other end, it's really easy to play artist when you don't have a job and, uh, you don't have too many responsibilities. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a side note right now, but mm-hmm. we can get into that later, but, uh, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. Um, no yeah no yeah you're just basically talking about um doing a painting every day and i was actually gonna ask yeah yeah. um like if you guys haven't checked out christian at christian cassidy art on instagram check out his paintings but i personally have a painting of yours i'd guesstimate it's four by three feet that's a that's perfect you guys can nail it it's the exact same okay damn okay i'm by the way that's in vancouver still and it's like it pains me like every time i come to my room i'm like i'm missing a painting like it was just like i couldn't bring it with me when i moved to toronto like yeah. When I come back in June, I bring it home and I cannot wait. Um, but you do like massive paintings. So like how big were these paintings when you're doing like three a day? Because I think everyone just thinks they're like, oh, yeah, like maybe a letter, like a letterhead page. But it's like you <laughs> throw down on some big ass canvases. So like, I, yeah, would, I would go to the art store and they had a sale on four by three canvases for like two months. And I would just keep going there. And they're like, you're buying another one. 
Yeah. <laughs> they were so cheap at the time. I just kept grabbing them. And again, before that, I wasn't painting on canvas. So all of a sudden, I had these huge canvases. Maybe not huge to some people. To me at the time, they were huge. Yes. Yeah. out on smaller ones, of course, like little small canvases. But mm. um, yeah, there's definitely a satisfaction working on something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was doing that a lot, man. Um, mm. Especially that for near the end of that first year. Yeah. Um, I started painting outside too. I felt yeah. Like big help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was huge. That the huge. It was a huge move going to big canvases, which is again saying that scared me mm-hmm. uh, when I like did move out and I started. I got another job again. Was like I don't think I'm going to be able to work on these big canvases. Uh, I think I'm going to have to like start doing like small stuff. I bought like a table easel. Like this is my worst case scenario. I'm going to have to work on a little table easel from now on. Yeah, it was freaky for sure. <laughs> it was freaky for sure. It was scary. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> that is so great so like basically for that entire year probably on average you like you stand by saying you painted like two to three canvases a day ideally ideally yeah wow. for sure and even if i didn't sometimes i wouldn't finish especially when i started working the bigger ones if i didn't finish those ones on that day yeah i'd be working on two or three at a time still because like oh man i get i get so bored with them i like i have to work quick because i'll yeah. get I'll just get bored of them if I work on it for too long. <laughs> Interesting. Is that just like a personal preference or is that like trial and error finding that if you're trying to like accomplish, I guess you have like an end goal of wanting to progress. So you're basically maybe approaching it as I'm going to do as much action as I can as efficiently, maybe as quickly, if you want to say that word, yeah, I can in order to get there. Or did you just like land on that? Or did you try being a perfectionist and trying to make it like good and complete and that didn't work out for you? That's a good, that's a really good question. I mean, I think, you know, there is that point of uh, I'm just starting. I know it's not going to be great. Um, so just finish it. I think that's something really big that I've been trying to learn in the past years. Like, it's better to have something finished than have it be perfect. It's mm. really like none of these paintings are too precious. Like, eventually the point is to get technically sell them or get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So why do you attach to them? I mean, you could spend hours and hours and hours making them as good as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's definitely a point of no return where you, and a lot of painters will know there's a point where you can go too far. So I usually, I know when to stop. I know it's when like, personally, I'm, if I get bored of it after two days, why put more work into it after that? It's not going to be inspired work. It's probably just going to make it a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's all just about finishing it, working on the next thing. Nothing, nothing is precious. I like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that hit me. Got to get that tattooed. <laughs> Below the bikini line, just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> it's precious. I love that, man. That is so cool. I was going to ask, um, I guess within that, uh, myself included, and I mean, I think it's everyone's journey when they're trying to start something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, you set out on a goal, it might be like, I want to jog every morning. And you're going to obviously hit that roadblock where it's just like, fuck this. I want to sleep. I don't want to jog. So it seems like you were able to push through that. Um, so one thing I really love asking is just people self-talk around that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, all those battles are really won or lost within your mind. And it's usually within how you're talking to yourself. Because that's how we, I guess, put thoughts together is through language. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do you like speak to yourself? Or do you speak to yourself when that's happening? Or uh, this is something that kind of relates in my life more to boxing. I did a lot of boxing um, when I was younger. And mm-hmm. a big lesson I learned when I was boxing was uh, a lot of the time I wouldn't go. I just wasn't feeling it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, why, why weren't you here the other day? I wasn't feeling, I wasn't motivated, I wasn't inspired. I'd literally say that, I wasn't motivated. And they, they'd be like, well, just come. Just come anyway, or just go for a run. Because when you're boxing, like, that's the, the biggest, the, like, the biggest show of, like, if you don't show up, that guy you were sparring last week who was showing up, even though he didn't feel unmotivated, even though he was feeling unmotivated, uh-huh. even if he goes in with 10%, that's still better than me just sitting doing nothing, you know? Yeah. So same thing is same approach with art is like, I could wait for inspiration and just like sit here and play video games or do nothing. But if you really just do the work, usually something comes like the muse will come to you. That's the idea. Uh, Stephen Pressfield war of art. It's a really yeah. good book. Mm-hmm. He talks all about that. And, you know, just, it is almost kind of like forcing yourself to do the thing because you know, the benefits they'll have later on mm-hmm. um and as soon as i learned that like it's it's funny because i do a lot of self-talk but that's not really a part of it anymore it's just so natural now like mm-hmm. uh, you you eventually ingrain it yourself you if you do it enough you know just intrinsically that it's just the right thing to do mm-hmm. yeah that's major and i think that's really cool too for everyone like listening to hear that because um I think sometimes we like see people with these habits or these lifestyles are like, Oh my God, it's always going to be arduous. Like yeah. if you have it in the beginning, there's like, if, if you picture a bell curve, it's going to be harder at the beginning as the habit develops and it becomes easier. It's less and less effort required to actually maintain it. Um, but it's easy. Like once you're in like the, the hard part, the desert part, mm-hmm. it's easy to be like, Oh man, like if I want to do this for three years, this is going to be like, it's going to be this difficult the whole time. Um, yeah. but just kind of knowing that that shapes your character into being someone who's just like, no, like when I commit to something, I'm going to follow through. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is really, really cool to hear. And that's like, that's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Um, so I guess after doing that, what did you kind of learn through, I guess, being that disciplined throughout the year? Did like anything become like, I guess like super present and like how you were like, I guess who you were becoming or things you noticed about yourself. Usually when we're on the road towards something, we learn a lot of lessons that have nothing to do with that something, but it's like, Oh, like, that's why I do that. Or like, that's why that works. So like, that's why I sucked at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have like any aha moments in there that were kind of mixed in? I, I think the aha mo- moments come every, almost every day, maybe not every day, but very frequently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, a huge proponent behind the idea. Like if you really dedicate yourself to something, like the more you give to that thing, the more it's going to give back to you. Like, if mm-hmm. you really invest yourself in something, it's going to yield so many lessons for you that you can just take from. Yeah. Um, whether it is, you know, uh, ping pong or, like, anything. If you, mm-hmm. as long, Like, all the lessons it takes to get really good at something is, like, it's what you just said earlier, character building. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it yields so many different uh, aha moments or just things that are applicable to the rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can think, especially for painting, like, something big I had had to learn was the idea of like nothing is precious or the idea that like nothing is ever really over. You know, you may think like a painting's really shitty or like this is horrible. This is the worst thing I made, but you can just paint over it. You know, it's, it's not really over. Um, paint over it, start again. Who cares that it looks bad. Now you can make it look good. Eventually it's going to get to somewhere where it can yeah. look as long as you just keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's always these little lessons you can pick out yeah um, which is nice uh, that's why that's what definitely keeps me on the path is knowing like there's still so much for me to take and there's still so much for me to give mm-hmm. and that's something that definitely keeps me 
uh, on the path, on this journey. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome, man. Um, one thing you touched on there that like nothing is over uh, or like it's never like it's never bad. It's never whatever. Um, I feel like some of that does come just from like the way that we're graded and like, I guess, the evaluation standard in school is mm-hmm. almost an average or like an aggregate. So it's like if you failed like your first five tests in that semester, you could be getting A's the rest of the time, but those still affect your mark at the end. Right. But it's not really true with like most endeavors and especially life. Like you could be like a air quotes. I do so many air quotes and I have to say air quotes. <laughs> Nobody at home can see me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like obviously like you could fail, like air quotes fail until you're like <clears throat> 30 or 40 and then hit it big. Yeah. And you could, you could have been like called a failure doing the same thing for those 40 years. And then when you're 40, then the world decides that like, Oh my gosh, who's in demand? Like you're such a genius. You've been doing this for how long? Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to an interview with Wim, uh, Wim Hof uh, oh. on the Joe Rogan podcast. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but one thing that really stuck out to me, um, for anyone who doesn't know, he's developed like a lot of breathing techniques and he basically submerged himself in ice cold water, uh, day to day, every single day, religiously for over 35, 40, maybe, I don't know how many years it's been now, but it's been a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he kind of found through that, that, uh, your body is connected to your brain in a multitude of ways and you can change your, uh, like basically your immune system through doing stuff like this and like a whole bunch of stuff. I won't do it justice. But one thing he did mention was that for 35 years, he continued to basically just submerge his body in ice cold water and do that every day. And he was ridiculed for 35 years. Yeah. And like, when I heard that, I was just like, that's a really long time. Yeah, And also for something like that, where like, there is no tangible result, like, what is the tangible result of that? It's not like, I mean, if you're maybe like writing songs, it's like you have a written song to like point to be like, oh, well, it's not a waste of time. Like, look, I created that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of doing something where you're changing like your, your body chemistry and stuff like that, like, it's very hard to like, visually see. And as a society, we want like results, we want to see it. So it basically took 35 years for them to scientifically test it and prove it. Um, but the whole time he was steadfast and I was just like, Oh my gosh, man, like that was, that's really insane mm-hmm. and amazing at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just interesting how kind of school can, I guess, maybe shape that a little bit as well. Um, I was also ask you, or sorry, did you want to add anything onto that? I feel like you had. No, no, that, I mean, that's a really interesting point. I never thought about that. Like the, the effects that just our, our grading system can have. I think that's really cool. Yeah, man. Super, super trippy. Um, before we actually did this interview i was telling christian that i wanted to talk about like any kind of struggles that we had both gone through um mm-hmm. i guess on this journey you learn a lot and you overcome a lot um one thing that i'm currently kind of like dealing with the things is it's like i feel like i ebb and flow just yeah. like everyone like you can be at yeah. highs you can be at lows um through like a lot of like work and stuff i've read and people i associate with like my lows are never like that crazy yeah um but like those feelings of like inadequacy like maybe like not enough productivity right um it's usually, uh, I, I read in a book really recently that basically any kind of dis-ease in your life is basically caused by where you're currently at and where you had your expectations set for yourself. Yeah. So within that zone, that's where all your dis-ease and displeasure lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like, I guess the way that is expressed is almost through a shame in a sense of being like, man, like I, like I should have been further, like using that word, I should have, or I could have, how am I not here? Like, why did I make that decision way back when? Um, it's yeah. just lamenting over stuff and it's never like super severe, but like, it can definitely catch up with me. Um, yeah. and usually like ways that I can like really help with that. Usually I find is just reaching out to someone and talking about it, but, um, it's, it's just not something I know like nowadays there's a lot of focus on mental health and having some openness about that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to the individual. And I don't always choose to reach out to someone. I'm usually like a self-soother. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you just ever experienced like anything like that and like any kind of tools that you found like useful for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just like overcoming those or yeah, just kind of nipping it in the butt before it like turns like into a week, you know? Yeah. To. I think it's really good. You made that distinction at the beginning of like, this is kind of a self-imposed thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, we can talk about this too later on where uh, you, you know, uh, where it's from the opposite side of other people making you feel a certain way. Yeah. But um, what is more important is those self-imposed feelings of like disappointment or shame because for, I, I know I've experienced that a lot too. Um, and it's definitely something you can't just avoid. Like, or if someone is telling you about it, that's not saying you can say, Oh, just uh, don't, don't feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> like it's something everyone's going to go through, you know, I, I, and uh, a really good tool that I like to use, because usually those feelings of inadequacy for me will come from if I'm looking at my long-term goals and I'm not uh, there, or if I feel like I'm really far um, something that really helps me um, get out of that cycle of just living in the shame and not using it as a product as something that's productive because it's going to be there. You may as well use it to motivate you. Yeah. And one way I like to do that to spin that is with uh, this question. I really like asking people this, which is um, if you were to wake up tomorrow and whatever you're working on just overnight blew up, you know, like your art just blew up, your song got millions of retweets and hits, and you just became super successful overnight. Like, would you feel entitled to that? And usually the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> Most people. And even if the answer is yes, it's better if you just say no anyway, because then you get to ask yourself the next question, which is the really good one, which is you don't feel entitled to that success. So what do you need to do? so that you do feel entitled to the, that success and then do those things. And for me, that's just a, a really helpful mm. way of like realizing, okay, I have these feelings because I'm not doing enough. Um, like all these feelings of inadequacy are my own fault. I'm not putting in enough. I, I, I even like to sometimes relate these to relate this to like relationships a little bit. Yeah. That's I mean, super, super. Yeah. Like everyone's been in a relationship, so it's very relatable. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, I like to say sometimes, like, if if you're ever insecure, like, <laughs> this might be a horrible, a really weird thing to say, but like, if you ever feel like insecure that someone's like cheating on you, sometimes I'll spin it like, if you feel like that, and even though they're such a solid person, you still feel like they're probably cheating on me. It's probably because you are are lacking. I was gonna say like really sucking. You're lacking in that department. Like you you feel like you're not doing good enough, so you're projecting that fear onto that cheating on me but deep down it's because you think you, you're not putting enough in you know so i think it's the same with anything mm -hmm. if you are feeling uh unentitled it's probably because there's something more you can put in to feel a bit more entitled mm -hmm. well uh, yeah hopefully that made sense that was a jumble of thoughts i just spewed out <laughs> no no it totally made sense man it definitely made sense. Um, one small thing too that I've done in the past, I can't always do it. It might be yeah. weather permitted. Um, but there's something about like being like, I guess anyone can agree. If you're in nature um, or anywhere open, like where there's just space. I feel like sometimes a lot of my thinking is reflective of my environment. Okay. So like it starts with like your thinking. So it goes, I, in my mind, it kind of goes from your head. You're like, in, you're stuck in your head. You're like, oh my God, this is wrong. This is whatever. 
usually mm-hmm. your body takes on that shape so you're like looking down hunched over right it's not open you're you're like breathing very shallow like very shallow yeah um i usually find if i'm anywhere open it's like you're not focused on like where you're going like how beautiful scenery is you're just living in your own world and yeah. it's very tiny um i found that if i can get anywhere where it's open if you can look up at the sky you just realize that like you're just like puny motherfucker on the ground yeah. One thing about living in cities that's great, but also sucks, is that you don't have as many parks and stuff. Like, I love the city. I love buildings, like the vibe, culture, all that kind of stuff. People, it's great. Yeah. Um, but there's like a huge disconnect between being like standing foot at a mountain and looking up and being like, wow, we're so small and insignificant. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to throw in insignificant, but at the end of the day, it's like this earth was here so much longer before us. Yeah. You know, and like we can just be so caught up in that. And even the fact that we like look up and can't see the stars from cities. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely see the stars because I'm not in the country. But if you ever look up and you can see like stars and there's like, I don't know if there's solar flares, but it's like, there's like, it almost looks like there's like galaxies and it's just like moon dust, like almost like watercolor painted across the sky. And you're <laughs> like, oh my, like I've only experienced that once in Savory Island. It's uh, one of the Gulf Islands in BC. Yeah. And it was just like this amazing feeling of just like, we're so small, like, oh my yeah. gosh, like. You don't even know what those motherfuckers are called. Like, what's the name of that star? Like, is that a star? Like, you don't even know. And it's just like, it's just crazy. You be, like so excited. Yeah, perspective, man. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just something that it's easy to get caught up in what you're going through, what things look like right now. But you just have to remember that there's like so, so, so much more. Yeah, there, which I, really cool. I can't agree anymore with you about that. Like going outside, how much that can help. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I've always had in my life, like that's been terrible for me, is I have like I have every two months I have the worst fear of death of all time. I'll be laying in bed and I'll just like I'll shoot up out of bed. Sometimes I'll just shoot up and then I'll be able to lay back down. But sometimes I have to pace around the room and be like, I have to go outside. I have to go outside. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you go outside, you 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 take in all the noises, you take in all the sights, and there's so much going on. Yeah. It becomes hard to imagine, like it becomes hard to like imagine that darkness or all that stuff because there's just so much out there, you know, mm-hmm. and it does, it does put things into perspective for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big help. I, I like that. It's a good, really good. Hell yeah, man. Um, I always like, like, I don't know why I always have a, a keel towards like spirituality when it comes to like podcasts and thinking. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it's just so interesting to me because um, I, I grew up Catholic. Yeah, I was an altar boy, which was uh, super fun, carrying heavy candles and incense. <laughs> I graduated, so like, there's there's different roles. I was at a Roman Catholic church. So you can like carry candles. You can like ring these bells. You can also like do the incense. And there's like a little art to it where like it's basically like a if you can picture like one of the old school George Foreman grills. That's like a, a like a bubble on top. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bubble holding cold. And like when you swing it, you can like open the lid to like let a little bit of smoke out, and you can drop the lid so like no coals fall out. <laughs> um, but it's hilarious i basically i did that for like three to five years and i, I had mean, no idea that's amazing yeah so but i did that in markham uh just out here and um i never memorized like what you're supposed to do in mass like you're supposed to do like the same routine every like every time uh-huh. and that like the the father would be like and also with you and you're supposed to bring up like the book to him and i'd always bring it like i bring up the wrong book and he'd be like, just, like get the other book <laughs> So I'd like go back and it's like, this is like full mass. So I'd be like, go back and bring another wrong book and then like open it to the wrong page. And you're just like, fuck man, who are these kids? Um, we were like the only kids there to help them out. So I did that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's growing up, like I obviously had that view and not to say it's wrong and I, I'm not here to dispel anything and I can't really speak for it, but I definitely resonate more with like the spiritual view of like almost like energy vibrations, um, 
connectedness uh, instead of segregation. Um, so I was wondering if you like read any books like that. I, I honestly haven't really read many except for like The Power of Now and Untethered Soul. That's kind of more of um, almost like a Buddhist philosophy, right. I would say, just in terms of uh, discovering like oneself through meditation. And, right. Uh, yeah, stillness and quietness. But I was wondering if you have like any like routines in your life or any like curiosities around that. Uh, I, I never delved too much into it. I, I've, I don't know. I've always had such a pragmatic approach to things. It's it's hard for me to delve that deep. For me, it's it's deep. I know it's so prevalent in a lot of people's lives, um, but for me, I, I really like just anecdotal stuff. You know, mm. um, you know, pulling lessons out of things that I've done, things that I've seen. Yeah, I I definitely subscribe to the idea of uh, spirit and souls and. Uh, connectedness but it's not not something i've ever spent too much time on mm-hmm. uh, yeah that feels you man so you don't believe in hogwarts then no i i i, I do believe in hogwarts <laughs> <laughs> you got me there that's number one um my second question around spirituality what, yeah. do you, what do you think about scientology and would you save the world with tom cruise if he asked you to I mean, I, 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 do I have to believe in Scientology to say yes to the second one? So do, the, <laughs> do the second one for sure. Yes. Um, you know what's weird is I realized I think I'm a, I think I'm a Satanist, <laughs> dude. Right? Half the people just tuned out. <laughs> I've seen so many Satanist videos and it, it's it's hilarious. Well, like not yeah. hilarious in like mocking way, but it's just like I'm like that's very logical. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like, they yeah. have a lot of great points. Like we should value what is right over what is law. Like they have a lot of like very practical uh, things. I just agree with. I I don't have you know I don't ha- I don't like worship the devil or anything, but <laughs> I just like what they say. That's all. <laughs> it's very no. I, I've definitely watched those videos, but um, it, it's just so easy for me to like just follow that rabbit trail, and it just like it starts to like. I'm like, oh, Satanism isn't bad. And then it's just like, watch a couple more videos and it's like, goes into uh, like Freemasonry and like all this crazy stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't even know like who made these videos. And it's like, obviously yeah. not, <laughs> uh, not a reputable source, but um, I've, I've definitely like read up a little bit on it. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It does make you think though, like if I'm that easily swayed, uh, maybe I could be put onto the Scientology train. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say yes to both your questions. Yes. Open-mindedness. That's good. That wins the day, man. <laughs> The adaptable fighter always wins, right? Was that that uh, Conor McGregor? That was, uh, that was a botched <laughs> Irish accent. It's okay. If you have a better one, please chime in. Chime in and even Chinese. It's just a tomb. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. It's just a tomb. It's just a tomb. I just hurt my tomb, you know. <laughs> that was so good, you know. <laughs> Conor, Conor McGregor live from jail. <laughs> We'd fool the masses. It would be perfect. Um, did, did, hell yeah! You did. You did see what happened with him, right? I did. I was just gonna hop into that UFC predictions and also the whole. Let's start with the Connor debacle. Yes, I did see what happened to it. What was your first impression when you like? I read the headline first and didn't see any video. Right. Yeah. So, what was your first impression when you kind of like came across it? First impression, I saw the headline too, and I was like, "Well, they're definitely gonna blow this out of proportion." I bet it wasn't that bad. I bet you you're gonna look at Michael Chiesa, and he's gonna look fine. Yeah. Uh, okay and i watched the video i was like oh shit yeah <laughs> he's like he's getting after it <laughs> yeah i Thanks. saw the uh, i saw the first video without the dolly so that was the one where like and he didn't throw like the the chair that hit the front window mm-hmm. that kind of cracked it a bit like that was one of his like uh one of his goons one of his homies he threw that so um but you yeah. couldn't really see from that video it was from inside the bus yeah um but yeah the first video i saw was like him trying to grab the trash can it, it wasn't the dolly but yeah 
um, I just watched like a Dana White interview with MMA Junkie and they were kind of talking about it. And I didn't really know, like uh, apparently one of like uh, an employee of UFC, like one of Dana White's like employees, he basically like had his knuckle broken. Um, yeah, which sucks. Like Michael Chiesa, he like got his face like all cut up. I thought it was like might have just had like one slice in his forehead, which still sucks because if you're trying That's, to fight, yeah. you don't want to go in with a with an open wound. It's just like exactly, yeah, super super dangerous, and it just makes you super vulnerable. And then um, the dolly was actually like inches from hitting uh Rose's hand too. When apparently. I heard that. That's when, that's when I was like too far. That's yeah. my that's my true love. Yeah, right. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> love for Thug Rose came out. Like you don't touch her. <laughs> hey, you don't say that. You don't say that. Um, but yeah, on the inside the video too, it looked like someone was holding back uh, Pat Barry, like he was he was getting in like angry husband mode, and I was like, ooh, yeah. ooh like ex UFC fighter. He's a big dude. Yeah. Too. So I could have been uh, fireworks too. Damn. Yeah, man. yeah that, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that definitely surprised me. I mean, I wasn't surprised by them stripping his title. I wasn't surprised that he reacted. But after seeing the video, when you really see the full extent of it, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, it's huge. I, I'm excited. I'm not excited. I'm I'm curious to see the outcome. Yes, definitely. I agree. Um, I think at the end of the day, like I really don't think he was trying to hurt anyone. Like I yeah. think he like at the end of the day, he respects the fight game enough to not want to jeopardize anyone's chances before a fight. Right. So I think at the end of the day, like he wanted to like really scare Khabib and them and like make a yeah. TMZ headline and kind of steal like basically all the fire around UFC 223 and get the spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's unfortunate that people got hurt and that it's going to, yeah, that's just going to suck. I mean, because as yeah. much as he like respects the fight game, he always says that like this is going to speak directly against that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fallout. Um I love seeing Dana White respond to things. Oh, yeah, me too. That was so great. I was like, I was like ooh, Dana. <laughs> exactly. You're like, ooh, he, the principal just came in. <laughs> yeah, well, big time. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. I was also quite sad, too. There's been a lot of audibles. So, like, first Tony Rob. Oh, sorry. I was saying Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins couldn't make the fight on the weekend. Tony, Fer- <laughs> Tony Ferguson uh, got switched out at the Khabib fight. And then also Holloway recently. He, had, uh, he got declared medically unfit. Right. Yeah, and I don't know why, but he can't fight. And then, um, so Kiaz is not fighting. So Pettis is going to fight on the main card. Um, but there's just been a lot of letdowns. It's just like a really crazy card. Yeah, three, three, right? Yeah, because Ar- Artem's not fighting either. So just like, man. I mean, at least they got uh, Pettis in there. That's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, no, <laughs> this is all in the one card, right? It's kind of falling apart. That does That really sucks. Yeah, man. Like big time falling apart. Um. I haven't really seen many of Pettis' fights. Literally, like, my one Pettis highlight is when he, like, jumped off the fence and kicked, like, Benson Henderson. That's literally, right. like, that's just how he's going to be remembered always. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all you've done. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think I think he's going to put up a good fight and um, glad that, like, somebody rose the occasion. Apparently, uh, Brian Ortega was, like, he got called to before okay. they, yeah, before they got um, Holloway in the fight. Basically, Dana White called Holloway and Holloway hadn't gotten back, so he called Brian Ortega. Yeah, that guy, man, I I really dig him. I like him. He's coming at he for me. He came out of nowhere. I didn't know too much about him, but yeah. he he's awesome. T City. He has a really cool vibe, and like I don't know if you've seen any of his Instagram videos, but um, he has like a charity to like help kids like underprivileged kids, and like even after like after his like huge win um versus Frankie Edgar like knockout, nobody's ever knocked out Frankie Edgar. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like he basically did like a promotion for his charity, and he's like. He's like, hey, guys, it's so cool, but, like, all the glory goes to God. I can't remember if he said that, but he said something along that. 
And then he's like, he's like, hey, like I do this for a bigger purpose. Like I'm not just fighting for like impression or whatever, like your attention. He's like, I want to like serve a bigger purpose and I'm here on a mission. Like if you guys are interested, like donate here or look this up. And it was just like, he's a super stand-up guy. Yeah. Very yeah. stand-up guy. Yeah, it's awesome to watch. And beyond that, he's uh, a shout out to all the lanky fighters out there. As, as speaking as someone who's very tall and lanky. Yeah. That <laughs> guy. Like oh, he's the nice. one who's not super muscly, win a fight. <laughs> right? Oh, so good. That's good. Do you yeah. have any predictions going in? Maybe like predictions we can start from like before the card got fucked. So like we had Ferguson versus Khabib. Um, who did you have in that one? Or like ideally, like what were your like thoughts about it? That's the hardest one because yeah. that because and that was also would have been the most exciting to see what happens because I really have no idea there. I really am more a fan of a good striker. Yeah. I have a bias. I really like Ferguson, mm-hmm. but uh, Kalabib, <laughs> Khabib. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just so good, right? Yeah. Uh, especially that fight he had with Michael, uh, Michael Johnson. Mm. Yeah. 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 He just dominated him. He's just like yeah. such a strong wrestler. One thing like I feel because um, when Ferguson fought, uh, I think Kevin Lee, Motown, yeah. whatever, um, like Kevin Lee was taking him down. So like Ferguson, he can be overpowered, but he's just so adaptable. Yeah, that's he's true. He's very adaptable, and he's like he's yeah. sticky. Like he's yeah, he's a good striker, and um, yeah, I feel like it. Like if it got to the later rounds, I feel like he probably would have taken it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you could have gotten dominated, maybe like two, three rounds. Okay, yeah. well, like maybe dominated in terms of like getting taken down and getting controlled. Um, yeah, but I feel like if it went later into the fight, I feel like Ferguson would have like a lot of steam, still be like poppy, sticky, and adaptable, and just kind of come out on top. You could think you think he would stop the fight before the before the five rounds are up. Hmm. that's a tough one too though i don't i'm actually not quite sure yeah i don't have enough data on khabib yeah like i haven't seen him fight enough like i've seen like a few fights on youtube and stuff but like yeah it's been like over like the past three years right um, yeah, yeah so just exactly. like there's not much like oh like recent stuff going on um yeah but yeah and then and then i had khabib beating holloway just because of the weight difference and strength yeah um yeah that'd be like a pretty big jump yeah, I think I would agree there. I really like Holloway, just his whole demeanor. So I would love to see him win, but I think uh, it's, that's a tough one <laughs> for sure. Hell yeah. And then what about uh, Rose Joanna? Ooh. I got picked Rose. Me too. Dude, Rose knocked my socks <laughs> off last time. Yeah. I was, I was at a bar yeah. and I like lost it, man. I was just yeah. like, just it was just like her movement was so beautiful. Like, her movement compared to Joanna's was making Joanna look like a very stiff, like, boxy fighter. And, like, Joanna's yeah. a great striker. She's, like, honestly a very good striker. Like, when she throws elbows, she's like, amazing. I move yeah. the shoulder like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaky. Yeah, she made her look very average. And, and that's why it's exciting to see it a second time. Because I, I don't think it was a fluke at all that Rose won. Me but either. just see what's going to happen this time. Like, is it going to be, like, because I still feel like it can go either way. Yeah. Like, Especially with these two, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm oh, excited. I'm so excited, man! I, just, I I love watching good fighters move. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a, a, an early knockout is great, but it's just like I love seeing the move, especially with MMA. Like, yeah, like I love boxing, but like obviously when you use your whole body, there's like you can have a flow to everything. Yeah, like everything can move to the next, and like, like you can set up like a fake like shoot for like a step back punch kick. Like you can mm-hmm. do like so many like different varieties of things. Yeah, and it, it's just so pretty to watch when somebody can like get those all in fluidly. It just it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge fan. Um, but yeah, no, definitely I have I have Rose. 
Rose, yeah. baby. Rose, Rose. Shout out to Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rose. I'll send this to I'll send this to over Instagram. Then Pat Barry will come after me. Um, <laughs> what song would you come out to in your first UFC fight if you were to be in the UFC? That's a bomb, I know. You just dropped a bomb. I uh, <laughs> left field. But you know what? I'm ready because I've thought about this a lot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Okay. One hundred percent. You have to come out to the song "Rooster" by Allison Chains. I'm gonna have to write that down because I have not heard that song "Rooster" by it's, Allison Chains. When it picks up, oh my god! It's great. That's a good one. I'm gonna have to put that at the end of this podcast. What are, what are you choosing? What's your walkout song? Um, I'd probably say "Public Affair" by Jessica Simpson, Christina Aguilera, and a few others. Uh, I'm, I'll uh, write that down. It's such a funny song. <laughs> Andy Dick is in the music video for no reason. He's just being Andy her. Dick in the music that, video. Now actually I'm writing it down. Um, <laughs> he's like, all the Dick. girls stepping out for a public affair. All night. Oh, shit. Okay, I just I just crossed it out again. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a sampler. You know? That's a good one. Man, this has been a sick ass interview. Um, parting question. Um, do you have a current mantra or anything that like, maybe like I've heard it called a battle cry for the year, um, Mm -hmm. that you like kind of say to yourself or that even if you just like, like thinking it or like whatever, is there anything in your life right now? That's kind of like shit. I like that. Yes, there is. And at the expense of, uh, making myself sound super lame. I watched, I watched this movie recently. It's called, Oh God. Actually, you know, you just went out with the Jessica Simpson song. I'm going to go with it. Uh, I watched this movie called um, Before I Fall. And Mm. it's basically like a a young adult novel adapted to a movie. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Go watch it. It's it's basically Groundhog Day, but uh, with teenage girls. Mm. uh, (laughs) That's so creepy. I'm so sorry. Oh, that was really creepy. (laughs) Literally, I'm sitting in front of a mirror and then I, I smiled and I looked at my mustache. I just got a haircut, everyone. And I was like, damn, that's a good mustache. And I said, mmm. <laughs> Not mm, the teenage girls, but continue. It sounds hilarious. It's just relevant to the plot. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, so it's basically, the, it's, the, it's the movie Groundhog Day, but on this other smaller scale. It's not that great a movie, but there's a part in the movie where she gets trans, transfixed by this sign in a room that says, become who you are, and it, which is a, a Nietzsche quote. I believe it's a Nietzsche. Yeah. I forgot about it. It kind of reintroduced me to that. I really like that. And I, I caught myself. I catch myself just walking around. And if something good happens, I get stoked. And I'm like, you're fucking, you're, you're becoming who you are. This is it. Yeah. So I think, the, I think the reason that I really like that idea and the reason I watched that movie is I, I, I love, I rewatched Groundhog Day and there's just this idea behind it that I've never, I always appreciate it for its comedic aspects when I was younger, but, and this is a big commercial for Groundhog Day. Everyone should rewatch it. The thing that appeals to about it, uh, the thing that's so appealing to me now is that, like, I kind of look at it in this view of, like, and we alluded to this earlier, living the same day every every day. Yeah. Like, he literally lives the same day every, on repeat. Yeah. But it's kind of, uh, to me, more of a metaphor on how there's a lot of people living their life like that. They yeah. may as well be stuck in the same day. Mm-hmm. And the only way to really change that is to change who you are. You know, to change mm. the things around you uh, mm. with your own actions. Yeah. And that's just, I think that's the reason that 
saying become who you are really resonated with me um just remembering what kind of what kind of difference you can make on a day-to-day basis to to kind of make each day count you know i love that that's dope yeah thank you (laughs) damn okay well i'm gonna leave it on that note man it's a very powerful note thanks yeah yeah that was that was a lot of fun i can't Dude, it's been like almost an hour. I can't believe it. Right? It's been That's 55 crazy. minutes and 22, 23, 24, 25 seconds. It's great. Name. You're a great interviewer, by the way. Thanks, bro. Yeah. You I, uh, awesome. I watched the YouTube video. No, it's good. I didn't. <laughs> How to interview. <laughs> Don't make racist comments. <laughs> what are you? That's, that's what some I kind of Korean, right? No? How to how to get interviewed? Don't make racist comments. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just dovetail and do that after this. <laughs> immediately um where can everyone find you if they um, want to look at your art at your like portfolio yeah. maybe even tattooing in the future uh find me christiancassidy.com christian like the religion cassidy c-a-s-a-d-e-i uh even better find my instagram which is my full name and then the word art at the end please follow me on instagram i need more followers than my girlfriend emily she's winning <laughs> um please follow me <laughs> oh my god it's the best plea i've ever heard <laughs> i'm gonna get people to follow you man honestly his art is really breathtaking um do you Thank ship you. like if, if people like your art like do you ship it across the country because we're obviously here in toronto and yeah yeah I definitely do. if anyone has any inquiries if anyone sees anything they like um there's a lot of stuff available so cool uh, definitely just dm me Hell yeah. Okay. DM him uh, and keep it kosher because he is a taken man. All right. I know. Okay. Anyways, well, this wraps up our first guest on X Talk. So I want to thank you so much, Christian. That was amazing. Thank Thank you. Awesome, man. And I will chat to you soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Signing off, brother. Bye. Peace out. hope you all enjoyed the interview with Christian Cassidy and make sure if you haven't yet to follow me on Instagram at Reinhard X Sanger. That's R-E-I-N-H-A-R-D-X-S-E-N-G-E-R. And that's on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page, X Talks on Facebook. And make sure to like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Every Friday, we release a brand new audio podcast, all designed and tailored to actually help you guys progress in any and every area of your life. Till then, have a great day.